0: Fun Ideas Productions presents The Fun Ideas Podcast
1: I'm having so much more fun now
2: I have let them show me how To live their
0: This is Mark Arnold. Welcome to Fun Ideas Podcast number 245. The Fun Ideas Podcast is brought to you in part by Freaky Magazine. I contribute material to every issue, so give it a try. Hey kids, have you read Freaky? The magazine of weird humor for freaks like you. Freaky Magazine is a... Way out collection of weirdo comics, kooky gags, photo funnies, social
1: satire, and surreal collage. 52 pages of insanity in the tradition of magazines of yore like Cracked, Blah, and Zap. Special offer for fun ideas listeners get a free sample copy in the mail, made of smelly newsprint and smudgy ink the old fashioned way. Just message your mailing address to The Slow Poisoner
0: gmail.com that's the slow poisoner at gmail.com while supplies last
2: you remember them from your childhood cat for the friendly ghost richie rich hot stuff baby Huey, sad sack and little audrey you read them in comic books and saw them on television and in the movies now you can read about how they and other Harvey comic characters were created in two great books from Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions, The Best of Harveyville Fun Times and The Harvey Comic Companion. Both are available from Amazon. The Companion is also available from Fair Manor Media. They are available in hardcover, paperback, and ebook versions. Order your copies today.
1: Friends, have you tried Lee's Comics? Lee's Comics is better than the leading comic book store.
2: Wait a minute. Lee's Comics is the leading comic book store. Based on arbitrary standards set by Lee Hester himself.
0: Lee's Comics was named as one of the 21 best online dealers by PopOptique.com. To shop the Lee's Comics eBay store, go to eBay and search for Lee's Comics, Inc. That's L-E-E-S-C-O-M-I-C-S-I-N-C, period. Don't forget the period. Mention the Fun Ideas podcast when you order, and you'll receive a free bonus gift. I plan to go on Charles F. Roseney's Magical History Tour in 2024, and here is Charles to talk about it.
2: Hey, hey, this is Charles Roseney, sometime guest here on the Fun Ideas podcast. Have you ever thought of taking a Beatles tour to Liverpool? Well, I host and organize the Magical History Tour every summer, www.LiverpoolTours.com But I'm here to tell you about two other things. My books! Yes, Mark isn't the only author. I've recently published the book of Top Ten Beatles Lists where 64 celebrities gave their Top Ten favorite Beatles-themed lists with reasons why and And photos and all kind of fun stuff. Please check it out. www.bookoftop10beatleslists.com. It's the follow up to www.bookoftop10horrorlists.com, where a hundred celebrities gave their favorite horror lists. Enjoy the upcoming show, and thank you for listening to my ad.
0: In Fun Ideas Productions news, Not Just Happy Together, The Turtles from A to Z, AM Radio to Zappa, is now available from Genius Publishing. You can order directly from GeniusBookPublishing.com or from Amazon. Stars of Walt Disney Productions and Pac-Man, the first animated TV show based upon a video game, and the revised and updated Looking for the Good Times Monkeys book are all still available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and through Bear Manor Media unconditionally mad is still being formatted and should see publication in 2024 i'm currently working on an article about mr weatherby and my tv animation book and another monkeys book and a book on marvel's crazy magazine more on these later on today's show we have a horror movie writer director and producer who produces short films for scared stiff tv here he is douglas Plomatello. hi this is mark arnold with another episode of fun ideas podcast and on today's show, we have a special guest of Douglas Plumetello. And uh, he's a friend of a longtime podcast listener friend, uh, <laughs> etc., who has uh, brought me various uh, musical guests and other uh, people, uh, Charles F. Roseney, so we'll give a shout out to him. Hey. And uh, so anyway, Douglas, I wanted to welcome you to the show. So,
1: Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be a guest.
0: Thank you. So, um, you know, I, every so often I ask Charles, hey, I'm of a guest. Anybody new or even repeat? And he says, oh, I have a friend named Douglas. He uh, does Scared Stiff TV. And I've also uh, appeared in some of his various horror films. So how did that start? And how did you get into that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I met Charles, I want to say about 2010. And I believe it was a, a Craigslist posting. Hmm. But they say don't meet people on the internet, but Charles proved to be an exception to that rule. <laughs> he, be, he became a, a good friend and someone that I've worked with a lot over the last decade. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but it all starts on from Craigslist. Hmm.
0: And what were, was he advertising something or were you advertising something? What was, what was, what was the genesis of why you had to link up?
1: <laughs> well, I started my web show in 2008 and I was just trying to get new faces because I, I have a, a trusted and true acting troupe that I use, but I kind of want to introduce some, some new faces so it wasn't the same faces every every movie that I put out. So, you know, I just put out a, some feelers anyone's interested in acting and it was one of the greatest phone calls I ever had. Like it was <laughs> someone that was that close to me. He was probably about a half hour for me, but yeah. someone that was just as passionate about horror movies and everything scary. So it was a very fitting connection that we made.
0: Now, I hate to say I haven't seen any of your horror movies, but what does uh Charles do in these? Uh What type of characters has he played?
1: Yeah. So scared stiff. I've done 83 short horror films in 15 years And it's kind of an anthology series, so they're not connected. So we've had the same faces coming back playing different characters. And Charles has played a priest a couple times. He's played an owner of a haunted attraction, so it's not that much of a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of typecasted him there, but he's played a variety of characters, you know. And he's really good. He's very flexible. You know, he can play a number of roles: good guy, bad guy, in between. Hmm. So I think he's maybe about a dozen movies we've done together.
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, is he a quick study and everything? He just uh, learns his lines and everything. <laughs> See that part of him, I don't really know about. Other than I know he's done some acting, so, um, yeah. yeah, no, he's never
1: struggled on lines. Like he's always been off book. I don't think once he's ever asked for a line. Mm-hmm. He's solid. He's you know he's he's a man of his craft.
0: <laughs> <You> <laughs> and know? do you give him different types of roles, or they're always humorous, or what? Because he's a funny guy. So I don't know if you try to play to that or if sometimes you do something really dramatic or uh, scary or what, what, what type of.
1: Well, the first thing he did, he was a vampire and that was a (laughs) serious role. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, like I said, I use a lot of actors over and over and sometimes when I get to know them, Mm -hmm. I'll write with them in mind. So I've given him some funny parts. Like Tiny's October 31st, he was the star of that. And I definitely had a mind from the beginning to play the role. So I definitely wrote some things, you know, thinking of his delivery, how it would sound with Charles saying it, you know, he, he's very, he's very versatile. He's funny when he needs to be he's serious, when he needs to be, you yeah. know, talented so, guy.
0: So um, the other people that you use as your regular acting troupe, how did you meet uh, some of them? Same way of Craigslist or other sources? A lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, a lot was, was, based from craigslist and then sometimes i would work with someone several times and they would be like hey i have a friend that wants to act mm-hmm. so i would meet them through the friend i met in craigslist so the, the <laughs> facebook and craigslist have been very fruitful for me in my filmmaking career but you know my my cousin is Annalisa robertson she's been in about two dozen of my movies Mm-hmm. i've used family members i've used you know <laughs> when my dad was alive he was like really helpful he would fill in wherever he could um mm-hmm. but yeah you know it's it, it, i'm starting to diversify a little bit with mm-hmm. my actors but yeah a lot of it, it stems from meetings meeting strangers online
0: <laughs> <laughs> so so when you got started with this you said 2008 right um what was the impetus to start? What? What? I mean, I assume you're always a horror movie fan, you know, from the beginning, you know, but oh. uh, yeah, how, that doesn't always parlay into, you know, making films, writing films, producing films, whatever you do. Uh, so how did that start? It's funny how, you know, sometimes you have to go to A to Z to get to
1: B. So, <laughs> you know, but I, I always wanted to make movies. That was like my main goal. Didn't I didn't even have a backup. You know, that's that was my goal and that's what I was going to do. But, you know, along the way, I started working for some other production companies and I had this one job. I will not say the company's name. I don't want to get sued. <laughs> but it, I was completely miserable at this job. I was doing 40-hour shifts, editing, going home, coming back eight hours later. It was rough, you know, treated terribly. And so I was desperate to get out of this company. Mm -hmm. And so I was just teaching myself everything. I was teaching myself After Effects. I taught myself Dreamweaver. And the Mm -hmm. day that I learned how to put a link, (laughs) a video, embed a video into a web page like that, it just clicked. I'm going to make a website and I'm going to make short horror films and post it to my <laughs> website. And literally it, it, it all clicked just like that from learning how to embed a video into a website and basic <laughs> HTML. And then I know there's no turning back.
0: Hmm. So um, I looked on IMDb and you have a lot of films listed now. I, you know, IMDb isn't always accurate. So um, the first one that they list that you did uh was Scared Stiff Tiny's Halloween. But is that the first one you did or what was the first uh, movie you
1: did? I think Tiny was my 12th. Okay. So I haven't been as diligent posting all these to IMDb. Yeah. I I need to really get on that. A lot of the actors are like, hey, can you post this to the IMDb? I'm like, yeah, I will. I swear I'll get to it. Just, you know, (laughs) there's so much to do as far as like creating the movies and then it's doing the back end stuff. Sometimes I, I don't. I'm not as diligent as far as getting that stuff done. Okay. But yeah, so Tiny's Halloween was my franchise character. Okay. And he's actually returned and he's done, Um, I've done five short films of Tiny and he's actually gonna branch out of the short films. And he's the character of my first feature that I shot over the summer.
0: Okay. That was one of my questions. I mean, you do a number of shorts. So I was just wondering if, you know, a feature was in the works or... So,
1: yeah. So, pretty much, I went to college, but I didn't go to. I wasn't a film school. I went for television production, but it wasn't technically a film school. I'm, yeah. I got a communications major. So, Scared Stiff was kind of my film school in a way. Mm-hmm. I would. I, I learned by making and then hearing reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times negative reviews looks. <laughs> hey, it looks like crap. Do you shoot on a potato? And that's the thing. You got to learn to you know there's a lot of harsh criticism but you still got to kind of learn if enough people are saying why does it sound so terrible okay there's clearly an issue with my audio and i knew that there were these things these things looked amateurish to begin but i i can only get better by doing right and so over over time i would say okay how can i improve my cinematography so i would learn i would teach myself so over the years i just became just you know Spending hours and hours every week doing tutorials, le- you know, learning how to light, learning how to make this make it sound better mm-hmm. and learning by doing. And now it led to this past year. I finally, you know, plunged down my wallet and I <laughs> funded <laughs> my own feature that's mm-hmm. in post-production right now.
0: Now, in all these films, what roles do you play? I mean, not acting, but I mean, as far as crew and everything else, What 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 are you doing each film? So for the most part,
1: I write and direct. I've had a couple different people who've submitted scripts over the years, but I want to say you know ninety-five percent of the movies I've written myself. So I write and I direct. I generally do camera, and I'm the DP, and I edit. So, so you do quite but, a bit. The, the, you know, but but it is yeah. definitely still, even though I'm you know wear a lot of hats, definitely a, a team effort. You know, I have an awesome composer. I have people that do you know that help out with sound and just are overall just I found a a crew of people that is very passionate about filmmaking and they want to learn they want to be part of it
0: you generally use the same crew of people over and over and over you don't so yeah so what I found my well our niche
1: is why we lasted so long and we've primarily had the same crew from the beginning so that says a lot you know we've Mm -hmm. been for 15 years have been kind of hanging out you know, it's kind of like when we make our movies, it's just like it's our <laughs> we're having fun. We're hanging out, you know, but it's a lot of people that want to make movies, mm-hmm. but they just don't have, you know. They're not able to do it full time. So mm-hmm. pretty much everyone in our crew works full time jobs. Mm-hmm. And then we get together on the weekends or at nights and we we live our dreams. You know, we make our movies. Mm-hmm. So, no,
0: now, what inspires ideas? obviously, they're horror films, but I mean, uh, you can't make the same film every time. so I mean, uh, where do you get your ideas?
1: They come from all different spots. I, I tell you, like a couple of them actually came from dreams I had. Mm. Some of the more wild ones came from dreams, and I was like, I woke up and I'm like, I gotta write this down, mm. you know, <laughs> and then sometimes I'll just I, I I'm a big hiker and I try not to listen like I've, i try not to fill too much of my day listening to podcasts or music i like to have like an empty head so when i go hiking in the woods i don't like to have anything in my ears i like just just to be lost in my thoughts and that's generally when my best ideas come or in the shower you know it's just i i think it's <laughs> i, I think sometimes
0: then you have no paper
1: <laughs> yeah i think it's just when i'm not filling my head with other media or other stimulus when it's like, that's why like I do a lot of puzzles or I'm doing my puzzle. Sometimes I'll come up with ideas. I think it's just when it's quiet mm. and I could just think, you know, so yeah, they come from all different sources. My ideas.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when you get an idea for a, a script, uh, do you have the whole script planned out ahead of time or do you work on just the ending or just the beginning or what do you do? Typically,
1: oh, man, it really depends. Um, some, sometimes, the ending is the first thing that pops in my head, and I work mm-hmm. backwards. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, you know, the whole idea will, will, will come in one sitting. <laughs> but I I will let it sit for a few months, let it simmer, and let it flesh out. And so, certain of my few of my movies, I sat on for years. Like mm-hmm. I felt like I liked the concept, but. It wasn't there. And so I would sit on it for a while until finally something will click. Like Tiny's October 31st came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. I think I had the the idea for that first popped in my head as far back as like 2010. Mm. But it wasn't a complete idea. I just knew like mm-hmm. this would be a cool concept, but I sat on it for a while.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then eventually something will click. I was like, oh, okay, that that now it makes sense. You know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. I can write it. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, yeah, there's from all different sources. There's really no rhyme or reasons. Just mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you're
0: when you're ready to shoot, uh, do you have everything fully scripted out and uh, set, or do you sometimes kind of wing it?
1: <laughs> For the most part, I have everything storyboarded. because I wear so many hats. Like you know, deep being a being a DP and doing lighting is almost a different part of the brain than directing Mm -hmm. so sometimes i try to make as many choices as i can before i start so i have the storyboard out but still the storyboard everything is still a blueprint sometimes you get on set and you're like okay you you feel something you don't want to be stuck to the storyboard so I, i i allow myself to kind of free i don't want to say freelance what's the term i'm looking for just kind of um
0: well, like free flowing or something like yeah that. yeah, but like I, I do
1: have, and in case my mind isn't working and I, my creativity is not coming, I still have my storyboard to go to. So like I I allow myself to kind of um, I can't think of the term. Okay. It's late. <laughs> That's, <laughs> no, okay. But, That's okay. That's okay. Well, you know what I mean. Like I I I try to allow myself to think in the moment, but mm-hmm. if all fails, I have my storyboard.
0: No, uh, most of the films you worked on just come out with all the prep work you've done. Do they come out pretty much as you expect? Or has there been a, any productions that have kind of thrown you for a loop and you had to to do something different or just abandon the project, maybe?
1: Mm, I've only abandoned two of them.
0: Hmm.
1: Oh, Actually, cool. no,
0: maybe one. What do you do in a case like that?
1: yeah actually no two of them i abandoned um Uh yeah sometimes and those are the ones that weren't very well planned out Uh i went camping i went camping with a bunch of friends and i almost always have gear on me just in case there's like some cool Mm b-roll and they're like hey let's shoot a movie tomorrow i was like all right i didn't have anything in mind (laughs) and we're all brainstorming what, what happens in this movie I'm like I don't know I, I didn't know I was shooting a movie but so we, we created this idea and it wasn't really fleshed out and as we're shooting it I'm like okay this isn't this isn't very good <laughs>
0: <But> <laughs> it it's very, happens very, sometimes very, and I, very
1: seldom Yeah, yeah.
0: I've abandoned book projects before so I know what it's like you know you just kind of go to a certain point and then you're like mm, I'll cut my losses now <laughs>
1: Yeah, okay. we had, we had one movie that had Curse of the Scarecrow. It had about a three-year production, and I can't mm-hmm. tell you why it took so long for us to finish. Mm-hmm. It just kind of fell to the wayside, and in the meantime, I probably shot another ten movies. Mm-hmm. And then, well, most of it was shot, we just didn't shoot the ending, mm-hmm. and so the actor George Walsh had this big prominent mustache, you know, for the majority of the movie. And I was like, "Hey George, you want to finish the movie? You know, let's let's finish the scarecrow movie." I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he was like, "Just so you know, I cut my mustache." I was like, "All right." So <laughs> we but you know, I, I like to take those little challenges and make a a positive of it. So mm. we had the power get cut out in the movie, and so the rest of it was just done in shadow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Really, you know, <laughs> so you only saw his eyes, you never saw under his nose. And I think it was actually better for it. Hmm.
0: That's an interesting way to solve it. I mean, I I, I thought it would be a situation where you came up with a false mustache. I had a situation like that. I did a couple comedy shows way back in the 80s. And a friend of mine I was working with, he looked a lot like Weird Al back then. And so, you know, Weird Al had a mustache back then. And so did my friend. And he went on vacation. And we came back to shoot more things. And we hadn't done this Weird Al thing. And he comes in. And he's clean shaven, and like ah. so, I didn't want to wait for him to get another mustache, so we put a fake one on, him. and it worked for what it, it was, was convincing. But, yeah, but you know, it's like it wasn't my first choice, <laughs> right?
1: Anyway. You gotta do what you gotta do sometimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you did answer, <laughs> you did answer one of my other questions. I was like, do you work on each film, you know, one at a time? But I guess if something is not completely done or takes longer to produce a certain part you'll work on other projects at the same time i guess
1: yeah okay. i generally have multiple happening at once like for instance this past halloween i was editing my feature mm-hmm. but at the same time i had a short that came out in october and i had three others in post so like i had five <laughs> different four shorts and one feature i was editing at once Mm-hmm. Which is kind of generally the way it is, you know, I, I you know, mm-hmm. I, that's just the way I work. Sometimes it's, I have multiple things in the oven. Yeah. I try yeah. I try not to rely on one specific project.
0: Yeah. Well, sometimes it's good not to have all the eggs in one basket. If, you know, if this is moving, keep keep it moving, you know, and then the others will come along when, the, when it's time. Um, yeah. On your feature film, uh, tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Uh, And is it out? Oh, no, it's not out yet. It'll
1: be out later this year. It's called Halloween Candy, Mm. and it's an anthology film. And the story, it's about uh, a writer who is... She has writer's block. Her husband left her, and her daughter doesn't want to spend Halloween with her. She wants to spend it with her dad. So Mm. she's home alone, and she doesn't want to leave the house and a friend stops by and tells her, you got to open the door, let people into your life, and then you'll let inspiration in. So each trick-or-treater that comes to the door inspires another story Mm. that she comes up with. And so that then we cut to the the short segment, you know. But then there's a lot of twists and turns and the story, Mm. the wraparound story evolves as it goes on. And I wanted to make the wraparound story just as compelling, if not more compelling than the shorter segments that are within it. Mm. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Now, is that done or is it, uh, what's the, and where is it scheduled to go? Is it just on your website or film festival route or what's going on with that? Well,
1: it's about 99% shot. There's a couple B-roll shots I need to get still, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. for the most part, it's done. Um, and we wrapped it over the summer, but when the leaves fell, I I grabbed some B-roll just Mm -hmm. to make it feel like Halloween. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and we're going to try to get a distributor to uh, to release it, mm, okay. you know, so I am I feel really confident about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so I,
0: I think people I think people really will really enjoy it. Well, it sounds like an intriguing idea. I mean, I don't know, but, you know, I, I tend to like those old anthology type films that Hammer and Amicus used to make and things like that. So. Uh, is that your inspiration for what you do is like, uh, well, yeah, which just tell us which uh, horror films you like or anything like that. I'm sure you are inspired yeah. by a little of everything.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason why like I've done anthologies and short films is because out of necessity. Yeah. It's because I, uh, you know, I just, everyone is kind of doing things on the weekend or at night. I just yeah. can't really shoot anything that has, any person in it for for too long so like you know so the shorter film helps everyone involve schedules a lot a lot better mm-hmm. um but yeah i think my what got me into horror movies was of course uh 1978 halloween
0: mm.
1: i think that was
0: you got the mask uh, back there behind you there oh yeah i got
1: mm. my 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 shrine back there
0: <laughs> and the poster yeah the film poster too
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but i but i've been into scary things since I, I remember kindergarten i just remember during nap time the teacher had halloween decorations up and i couldn't sleep i just couldn't stop staring at him so i think there was always a connection i was always drawn towards you know the scary scarier stuff but then when i saw halloween i think i was probably nine and i was just like it was something so different than anything i've seen mm-hmm. and it just started a whole passion you know, I I would watch so at 10 years old, 11 years old, I would watch so many horror movies and I would write them down to keep mm. track of what I watched. And then my mom found the little clipboard. She's like, what is all this? She's like, you're not watching these, are you? <laughs> I was like, uh, should, no. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I was limited. So one a week, I still snuck more. In oh, wow. Part. i was only limited to one a week. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I, I think I, I, Uh, broke through in horror about the same age, yeah, but uh, when I was younger, like three, four, five, you know, whatever, Um, you know, horror uh, movies, you know, especially ones with the monsters in it, you know, kind of terrified me, so I kind of stayed away, you know, I'd see, like, Famous Monsters magazine on the stands, and I'd like, (laughs) when I was, you know, pretty young, and then later, you know, I became a regular reader of that and other horror magazines and things like that, so. You know. oh, yeah, and the 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 changeover probably was about that same age, 11, 12, whatever. You know,
1: yeah. So. <laughs> and the reason I have my my shrine back here, mm-hmm. it's I remember it was a Fangoria magazine I had bought in '96, which changed everything for me mm. because I I was always told, like my mom always, she didn't know anything about horror movies, but she was like, Yeah, people just do horror movies, like to, trying to break through so they could do
0: real movies. You yeah. know what I mean, like, well, so uh, like, yeah, that's a common way of doing it, yes.
1: <laughs> but I was like, but I don't want to do real. movies. I want to <laughs> make horror movies. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I didn't realize that that was a thing that people can do. And yeah. then when I read my first Vangoria magazine, I was like, wow, like there's a lot of people that love this stuff. It's not just me, you know. Yeah. And it, it really opened the door. Like I could just focus on scary movies, you know. Mm-hmm. And so. It was this, this movie that was in the magazine that mm-hmm. really like like this specific Halloween six. You know, was mm-hmm. It was well, what I was reading about it in that magazine, which really like the green light went on, you know, or the light bulb went off like this is what I want to do. I want to make scary movies. Mm-hmm. That's my little shrine to remind me of that.
0: <laughs> now, now that you've made a number of horror films, do you still enjoy it still want to make more horror films? Or, or are you wanting to do other genres just to try it out?
1: Interesting that you say that because um, yeah, I still want to do horror movies; like that's yeah. the goal. But I've done this summer. I did. I shot two dramas, mm. and they're gonna do the festival route. They're they're both you know far into post. They should be done relatively soon. So I did do a couple of dramas, mm-hmm. and I did, I did do a comedy a couple of years ago. So I'm I'm not opposed to doing other things, but mm-hmm. you know horror will always be there, and I'll always make them. But yeah, it it was fun changing genres. Mm-hmm. You know
0: now, now those other ones are they available in the same uh, format? I mean, I assume you load them all up to Scared Stiff TV. Is that what where your uh, domain normally is?
1: Yeah, so I most of the movies. Up till now, I've been on YouTube and on my my website, TV. But I just noticed the viewership and engagement on the YouTube has dropped significantly. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, trying to change it up this past year, like everything I have been doing, I've been trying to change it up and try something new. So mm-hmm. the two dramas are specifically for the film festival route, but... Mm. I still have a, I still have one that's in post that's going to be for my website. Like, I don't want to abandon my YouTube viewers, but I'm trying to think outside of what I have been doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: And um what do you do to drum up like interest in business or whatever?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is through Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, and. People share it what's really what's really cool is when I'm scrolling through Facebook and someone will share something that I made like guys mm-hmm. you gotta check this out and it's it's cool you know it's like oh so I, I I'm not the one that's that's constantly sharing it's kind of cool when someone else will post something that I've done yeah mm-hmm. like, oh, that's that's pretty fun you know but lots of the internet it's really take advantage because since all my stuff is on the internet that's my my real only tool that I use to promote it mm-hmm. you know because someone's on their computer all I got to do is click a link to go to your your movie you Mm -hmm. know
0: so now have you had your uh an opportunity to promote or show your films elsewhere like at a film festival or anything like that
1: yeah i had a few of them um some film festivals i had one that was in universal halloween horror nights did a film festival about when was that 11 years ago Mm -hmm. and out of thousands of movies mine was in the top 10 didn't win but well. It's still kind of an honor to, you know, be part of that. I've done a couple, like the Mystic Film Festival here in Connecticut, a couple, couple smaller ones. I, I haven't really put too much emphasis into the film festivals, but that's mm-hmm. why I'm trying it now. I'm trying to do things I haven't done before.
0: Right. Have you done another podcast before? I mean, like I said, you know, Charles is the one who said you should talk to this guy, and I said okay, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so I,
1: I've i done a few over the years, but I actually started my own podcast back in October. Yeah, what's that about? More horror? The, oh, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. The Scared... <laughs> <laughs> what else? No, The, yeah. the Scared Stiff Horror Podcast. So mm-hmm. it's been a lot of fun so far. I have guests on that do different things in the industry. You know, I've had makeup artists, costume designers, writers, directors it's just, we're just talking, talking shop, you know, <laughs> talking about the things we love, horror movies. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, it's been a lot of fun so far. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, any plans for other kind of like side projects, like books or anything like that? Or you, you're just not interested in anything like that?
1: I would love to write a book. I've written a couple of short stories. Mm-hmm. I just know as a it's probably not anytime soon Mm -hmm. you know i i feel like i have kind of you know i work full time (laughs) on top of doing the movies and the podcasts (laughs) and i just know that a a book right now would i feel i i I would be spreading myself too thin at this Mm -hmm. point but eventually i would like to i did write a couple short stories Mm -hmm. so or even a
0: novelization of some of your films or something like that i don't know if that's there's a market for that, you know, but there might be. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, we're on the same wavelength. I actually wrote a couple. Of the
1: short stories were from my movies, like some of the, the lesser scene movies that I did. I actually wrote wrote them in book form. A couple of them I, I wrote that I felt like they probably would have done better as a book. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. as I'm watching it, I'm like my the internal the internal dialogue is not, or the, the internal thought is not. From comments that i read there they weren't a lot of people weren't getting it so i'm like you know what this probably would have been better as a book Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) so some of them i did write as you know 20 page short stories Mm -hmm. to to be included in my eventual
0: book Mm -hmm. are Um, you a a filmmaker that's usually happy with their work or are you one of these types like george lucas i'll use him (laughs) who has to tinker and remaster and add scenes later on. Or it's like, once you commit it, you're done.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty much, I've never remastered anything. I guess it gets to the point, you know, that once I'm done editing it, the delivery is my least favorite part. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: know, because you watch it and you find one little frame that's off or some (laughs) little glitch. like, oh, here we go. Excuse me. And then I re-edit it, I export. Nope, there's something else wrong with it. <laughs> export again. Oh, crap, I spelled someone's name wrong. So, like, by the time I'm done and I've exported and I give it the green light, I, I kind of don't want to watch it again for quite a bit.
0: <laughs> Do you get other people, like, in the various process of while you're editing or even right after you're done, uh, like, just get their opinion before you upload it or anything?
1: Yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll get a, a test screening with some, you know, mm-hmm. someone I work with or just like a friend that's into it, just to see what they think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Although at that point, it's sometimes you get feedback as, "Oh, you should shoot, you should shoot a scene when this happens." I'm like, "It's coming out tomorrow. I don't really <laughs> have time to shoot anything else." So sometimes you got to be selective with who you show things to. Right,
0: right. Um, you know, I, I'm just wondering if like, you know, because I, I know film editing and stuff like that, sometimes things have certain pace or something and you may not see it because you're so close to it And somebody else watching it, it's like, you know, I'd tighten it up here or something like that. Do you listen to advice like that or?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's definitely trusted collaborators that I, that I will look for, for advice, you mm-hmm. know, like I'll have them take a look, see at it. What do you think? And I definitely incorporate their feedback you know that's the one thing that i just always made sure is that like i wasn't closed-minded if someone has feedback just it's not an insult They're, they want my product to be better they want the product to be better so sometimes you gotta like you can't take this stuff personally you know <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times people ask me to watch things and i'll watch it and you know i try to be helpful and it's like They'll they'll defend every decision. I'm like, okay, it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, like no matter yeah. what I say, like I'm trying to. You asked me for my advice, like this, but some people don't want to hear it. Like, right? Why don't ask yeah. for advice if you don't want to hear it. You yeah. know.
0: <laughs> I'm used to people like that, <laughs> or I know about. I should say I know about people like that. You know, It's was like, uh, it's kind of frustrating. You know, the, oh yeah. well, you know. But I know, like, that there's certain things that I won't
1: even like sometimes you get too lost in your product that you need someone to watch it. Cause there's certain things that I'll just not even think of and someone would be like, Hey, why is that guy asking you this or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. You know what I mean? Sometimes like I just, it's so good to hear an, another opinion or another thought, because mm-hmm. if someone else is questioning something happening in the movie, then someone else will too. And somebody I need, sometimes I need to address it, you know? Yep. Yeah. So
0: have any of your films gotten any sort of notoriety beyond just the standard stuff, like even a minor award or a major award or anything like that, or write-ups in the newspaper or anything oh, like that?
1: Not in the newspaper, but a couple of the the big horror sites like Blade Disgusting and Dread Central have written mm-hmm. about some of my movies over the years. You know, I did actually. I did another feature. I was just a producer on. It, it wasn't my story, but the battery it was a zombie film that came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. That got a ton of coverage. That's still on Amazon, I believe, still for you know streaming on Amazon. That got a lot of good publicity. Mm-hmm. A lot of good press. Uh, yeah.
0: Cause, so, because I always hear about like the Rondo Awards, and they you know send out awards not just for films, but also magazines and books and. You know all sorts of things, so you know.
1: Yeah, I you. haven't. I haven't really submitted too much. I know it's. See, this is why I kind of. I cut myself a little thin. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't do enough. Host, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? As far as some certain things I need to do, because I always have the next one. So as soon as one's done, I'm on to the next one. Which, was well, so what I've started doing this past year, is really like when something comes out, push it. You know what I mean? And like really spend more time on the movie once it's come out. Mm -mm. Because before it was like, okay, the movie's out. Enjoy it, everyone. But over the years I discover I have to do more than just upload and then call (laughs) it a day, you know?
0: You're more like me, you know? It's like I do all (laughs) these books and, you know, I don't always promote them very well and, you know, using Charles again. You know, Charles is like master promoter and he's like You know, he said a couple books, but he'll go out and he'll do signings at the library. He'll do signings at the show. And this thing is like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just writing another book. (laughs) Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, it took many, many, many years. Well, many more years than I'm embarrassed to admit. But like, (laughs) it sometimes it takes a while before something clicks. Yeah. You know, and like after a while, I see that the viewership was just you know, not doing as well on YouTube anymore. I got demonetized. I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta find a different strategy here. Hmm. You know, how does
0: that happen? I don't even know. I mean, it's like, I know you have to have like a thousand subscribers and you have to have so many minutes. Is it because then the minutes drops down, even if you still have the subscribers, is that what goes on? I think, well, I don't know about today, but when I got
1: demonetized, <laughs> If I had enough subscribers, but you had to have a certain amount of view, um, minutes viewed per month, right? And I was falling short of that. Mm. So, because another thing with my channel is that I was putting out, you know, I w- it it wouldn't be a movie every month. It might take a few months between movies. Yeah, oh, so, so I didn't have continual view, continual content, you mm-hmm. know, and. So I really wasn't hitting those those monthly hours I needed. Mm. But I wasn't even when I was making money, it wasn't that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be yeah. like ten bucks a month. <laughs> it was nothing yeah. the nothing to retire on, but it was yeah. just kind of nice. I would help pay for the domains at least on my website. Right. Yeah. Because I haven't even got my, my biggest the problem
0: is getting the, the subscribers up. It's like it's it's like uh, a thousand is a magic number. And I see some people with millions of subscribers and I go, you know, I guess I should just start putting up like old cartoons I like or something. I don't know, but it's like, it wouldn't be honest, you know, subscribers. That's how I see it. You know, it's like I'd rather have people wanting to see my podcast, you know? So. And then so what I,
1: I, yeah, I also learned that subscribers actually isn't even a good indicator because I think I have six or 7,000 subscribers. Mm -hmm. But I won't get seven thousand views on a video. Like when it comes out, it it takes a while before it gets those gets those numbers. Mm -hmm. And so when they you you can kind of see where the views are coming from, Mm -hmm. and maybe a half of a percent comes from my subscribers. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if these people are just like you know they're subscribed, but then they subscribe to a thousand other things, and then mine doesn't even show up in their feed.
0: (laughs) Possible. Well, also I know you can shut it off so you're not even notified you know yeah, you know, you're just a subscriber but you know I don't know it's just kind of a weird thing and then you then you see people that put up like literal garbage on YouTube and they got million hits million views and they're like big successes and you're like what I'm actually trying to put out like some content here <laughs> you know I know <laughs> And I always say like if I'm filming a
1: movie and I'm like on a platform shooting down I'm like, if this platform falls with me on it, that will get more views than the movie will will get on YouTube or <laughs> on the internet, <laughs> Sally, it's just the way it is, you know,
0: crazy <laughs>
1: yeah, there's think about it i think I forgot what the exact number was, but like every minute of the day, like several years worth of content gets posted to YouTube, mm-hmm. so dude, it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it firsthand, you know. It's like there's certain episodes of this podcast, you know, high, high, high views, but it's usually because it's a big celebrity or somebody. And it's like, you know, I'm like, eh, this person's, a, this is a good show. You should listen to this one. And it's like 30 views, you know, it's like, ah, you know, whatever, you know. But yeah, no, honestly, know. like a lot of times,
1: the only thing that will bring in views, like, Your thumbnail in the title of your video, Mm -hmm. like probably the worst movie I did was called (laughs) Two Girls, One Ghost. Mm. And that got way more views than anything I did. I want to say three times the amount of views as the second highest video. All (laughs) because of the title and the thumbnail was a girl lying in bed.
0: Mm.
1: That's (laughs) it. It was probably the worst thing I've ever done.
0: <laughs> Maybe but, that's what you need to do, just come up with uh, provocative titles.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, which um, which is which is a sh- kind of a shame, but you think about it, you won't, won't, like I'm not competing against other people putting out horror movies. I'm competing against the guy who's doing tricks with his dog or the guy playing video games or a little kid unboxing a toy like when you're on youtube you're competing against everything Every, everything is taking views away from you
0: right so and that's that, why I
1: kind of oh, it's ahead.
0: kind of it kind of odd that you know it's like I mean, it's almost like youtube should be split into two different things one for like stories that uh, i mean movies that have story structure and scripts and uh production values and everything else and then you know the other stuff, you know, whatever, you know, it's like, but, you know, I guess never the twins shall meet. They'll just put everything on there. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. Um, yeah. But I, I, I do wish you success with the feature. It sounds like something that seems like the next step, uh, the logical step in uh, doing all these films and everything like that. Correct.
1: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in love with the movie. You know, I'm really happy with it. And I don't want to stop doing shorts because sometimes I I just like to spend, I have a great idea, but it's great for a five minute short. I don't want to spend the next year doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it makes a great short, but not something I want to spend, you know, thousands of hours doing. Mm -hmm. So, but I will always have, I want to continue to do like a feature every year, every other year, Mm -hmm. and then still sprinkle in my shorts with my podcast.
0: On your shorts, are they the same length, or is it just the length that it needs to be for the script?
1: Yeah, they're all different. It all depends on what happens. Okay, you know, I have different different lengths. Like I have my main courses, which is a more in depth storyline, a lot more characters. You know, then I have your side dishes, which are things that are maybe three mm-hmm. minutes that are a fun mm-hmm. something quick that you can watch while you're waiting in line at the grocery store but then I have my bigger, my bigger shorts, you know, that are more in depth and a lot more production value. So, yeah.
0: And again, you know, you don't know how long it's going to be necessarily when you go into it. let of course your storyboard storyboarding it. So I guess you kind of have an idea, but if, if something works better as a longer piece than say, you you know, like if you went into it with for three minutes and then it turns out, Oh, 10 minutes is better. Let's say that's, you'd have no problem changing that correct yeah like
1: i well i remember when i first started there was a 10 minute limit on youtube so oh, i that <laughs> so is a while there, back,
0: but yeah i remember that yeah they really <laughs> days.
1: so i was like okay it's got to be under 10 minutes you know <laughs> and then there, then i think they they extended it to like a 15 minute limit yeah and so people were like oh people want to see longer movies so i mean longer movies. but then i know the longer the movie was the less people would actually watch it <laughs> people people's attention spans were getting shorter yeah. And I honestly like I, I can't say I ever cracked the code. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it the way I wanna make it. And then if someone doesn't want to watch it, I you know, it's there's nothing you can do, you know. <laughs> if someone thinks if someone can't spend twelve minutes watching a movie, but they'll spend nine minutes watching a movie, like I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of out of our hands, you know what I mean? So I just like, you know what, I'm just gonna make the movie the best it can be. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, how many have you done it says on your website 70 but you know is that still accurate or is oh i gotta update that okay <laughs> yeah of, yeah well i've released
1: 83 okay with three in post okay you know
0: and how frequently do you typically release films
1: well a lot less frequently now like back when i first started it was about eight or nine a year Mm. You know, so it was like one, it was like every month I would take the summer off. That was my off season, but I would do, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, release one a month pretty much. But then as I started learning more about cinematography, I became a lot more. I learned how to like make it look good and I realized it takes longer to do. But also, like, I, I didn't want to, my personal expectations were higher. Mm. You know what I mean? So I didn't want anything to, to, Go out there if I wasn't like really happy with the way it looked, right? So, production started taking a lot longer, you know. Like back in the day, I would shoot a whole movie in one day, you know. (laughs) And now, fast forward when I learned about lighting and I learned about sound and all this other stuff, you know, set design. Now, that same movie would, you know, be five production days,
0: Mm -hmm. you know. So, you think over the time, I, I, you know, it's an obvious answer, but I mean, do you think you're Constantly improving over the years? Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%.
1: Like, a lot of people have actually told me, some people in the industry told me, I should probably take my earlier stuff down because (laughs) if somebody would find that first, they might be like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But at the same time, some people have found it inspiring (laughs) by seeing where our stuff is now and then seeing where we
0: started. Yeah. So... Yeah, but even big filmmakers, you know, they have some interesting weird shorts like, uh, let's see, uh, Martin Scorsese has one that's out. I think it's on Criterion now. It's, you know, the big shave and it's this guy keeps shaving and it's more and more blood and everything like that. There's not much story to it, but I mean, hey, you got to start somewhere, you know. And Yeah, so I I find it's
1: part of my my filmmaking history. Mm -hmm. So I leave this stuff up there. Yeah. You know, because I, I honestly, even the earlier, earlier stuff, when technically it's not very eye cat eye pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, I still love the movies. Like I love the the, the storylines that I did. Mm-hmm. You know, the execution might not have been what I you know would be happy with nowadays, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, for for what they were, I, I'm really happy with them. I'm still proud of some of the earlier movies, even mm-hmm. though they don't hold up as well technically. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you ever consider remaking one if you said, "Oh, wait, I wish I did this better this way"?
1: It's amazing that you asked that question because <laughs> this this summer I actually did reshoot for the first time. I remade an earlier movie mm. because, and it was just, you know, I, I I knew how I wanted it to look. I just didn't know how to make it look that way, and now with with you know a decade of actually that wasn't my first one. So like 15 years of experience mm-hmm. and just 15 years of just honing my craft and, you know, learning how to make that look good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I I remade it. It's actually, the soundtrack is being finished right now. And that's one of the ones I'm going to go at the festival route
0: with. Cool. Yeah. So it's probably, probably a wise thing to do. You know, it's like, go, go through, go through your old inventory and look at everything and go, I can make a better film out of this one. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be
1: fun to, my uh-huh. first movie that I released, reshoot that one as a kind of a experiment, mm-hmm. you know, and have people watch the original and then see the remake. Mm-hmm. Just to see what, you yeah. know, 15 years, 16 years of practice, <laughs> you know, what, right. what it <laughs> birthed. So, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. All right. Well, what, what, uh, I mean, we kind of already went over this, so it's many other questions, but I mean, uh, what does the next year to look for? What are you plan? What are your basic plans as far as all this? So, Halloween candy, because it's
1: Halloween and it takes place on Halloween, the whole thing's about Halloween, it probably, even if I sell it now, won't release until September October you know mm-hmm. just makes sense so the next movie is probably going to rely on the outcome of that movie mm-hmm. <laughs> i have some scripts that i want to do but i just know that i won't be able to really shoot those you know i need to get a return on my investment <laughs> from this first feature before i do the next one mm-hmm. so a lot's going to a lot's going to rely on how well halloween candy does which I think I really feel that people will enjoy. It. And it might be one of those movies that people go back to every October. Mm-hmm. It has a really good Halloween vibe to it. You know, okay. hopefully it becomes someone's tradition. Cool. It yeah. sounds
0: intriguing. Like I said, you know, I'll see it, of course. But, you know, it's like hopefully it'll lead to more feature films and other things, other projects. You never know. So, yeah. Okay. We have All a
1: right. bunch of uh, stills. There's some screen grabs and some stills from the movie on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, scared underscore stiff underscore films is the Instagram you can see. I haven't released any video yet, but there's a ton of stills out there. Okay. People want to get a sneak preview. Okay.
0: And mm-hmm. since you're going that route, and I was just going to kind of wrap up uh, doing that, is this, uh, you know, uh, just kind of mention where you can find your films and all the different websites, how people can get in contact with you.
1: Yeah. So the shorts are on you, my YouTube page, which is Scared Stiff TV, is the YouTube handle. Uh, most of the news that I post are on my Instagram, you know, Scared underscore stiff underscore films. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website is TV, mm-hmm. And that's just the movies. You know my YouTube page has a bunch of extra content, but I wanted uh, my website to just be the movies because mm-hmm. kind of streamlines it for everybody. Yeah, different categories, you know, slashers or ghost stories, people can kind of find something they like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use Twitter too much, I wasn't getting much of a response <laughs> on Twitter, so I kind of stopped posting mm-hmm. to it. So, Instagram is kind of where I post things, or, or my Facebook, yeah. which is uh, Scared Stiff TV, is my facebook page mm-hmm. so.
0: and if somebody wanted to reach out to you if they like wanted to act in one of your films or <laughs> help you out on the production side uh would you be open to that if somebody was uh interested and they were qualified for what you
1: want oh absolutely you know i definitely always looking forward to growing the team mm-hmm. you know like this summer i added you know, about a dozen new crew members for the feature. So I'm always looking to add different, you know, everyone has good ideas, different different ideas, and it's always good to keep expanding your collaborative circle. You know, so yeah, if somebody definitely reach out, you can send me a DM on mm-hmm. Instagram if you're interested.
0: All right. Very good. Okay, well, I just wanted to uh learn more about what you do. You know, like I said, Charles Roseney said you gotta talk to this guy i make films with him and they go okay it sounds very interesting i think i will check some of them out you know go on your youtube page and everything like that and see what it's all about i'll try looking at the later ones so i won't (laughs) i won't be you know turned off by uh you know your earlier projects you know and then probably work my way back and see what's going on you know yeah
1: Absolutely. And there's, you know, even in the newer stuff, I I do things for different audiences. So you have some more dramatic ones. You have some more slashery ones. I try to do a a little mixed bag for everyone. So there's a little something for everyone to enjoy.
0: Okay, Any couple to recommend to start off with that you're proud of?
1: Yes. So Tiny's October 31st that came out 2019. Okay, That was one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, Halloween House. Man, I'm starting to forget what I did. <laughs> there's been so many. That's only there's, eighty-three yeah. films. <laughs> yeah, there's. I did a couple. I'm actually really proud of during the pandemic, and yeah. I shot these with no crew, mm. and no two actors were in the same room at the same time. That's funny. <laughs> that so uh, I made one called "Play with Me," mm-hmm. which is a little boy who wants to play with his dad because the dad is working from home, and it was like that kind of. That horror that everybody was facing, you know, working from home while you have a kid screaming "The <laughs> play with me. What are you doing? So that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. All uh, right. Yeah. There's just a lot for everybody.
0: All right. Well, I'll have to do some research and and uh, watch a few of them. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Douglas Clavatello. For being my special guest, Plumatillo. <laughs> yeah, <You got laughs> say it. it right. Yeah, because yeah, uh, <laughs> your name will be up in lights, you know, everything like that. That's no, I, I, you know, I wish you well and great success, and with your future film and you know all the films that you're doing. You know, it sounds like fun projects and everything. And you know, I have to take a look at them and uh, judge for myself.
1: No, <laughs> yeah, anyway. appreciate. Yeah, no, I appreciate you having me on your show. Okay. Yeah, check out the Scare Stiff Horror Podcast on Apple and Spotify and wherever you get your your podcasts from. Sounds good. Okay.
0: Well, thank you again, Doug, for being my special guest. And that wraps it up for another episode of Fun Ideas Podcast. This is your host, Mark Arnold, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening, and thank you, Douglas Palmotello, for being my special guest. Remember, you can always watch the video version of this episode on YouTube. Episode number 246 will be coming soon. If you would like to comment and or be a guest on this podcast, please drop me a line at funideas.mark at gmail.com. Become a patron of Mark Arnold and Fun Ideas Productions. If everyone listening just contributed a dollar a month, that would be a tremendous help in continuing the production of my books and this podcast. Also, subscribe to my YouTube channel. The opening and closing music for the Fun Ideas podcast is provided courtesy of Andrew the Slow Poisoner Goldfarb and is used with permission. This has been the Fun Ideas podcast. This is Mark Arnold speaking. This episode is copyright 2024. Fun Ideas Productions. Thank you and good night.